Come, Holy Spirit. Open our ears and our hearts that we might hear your call anew. Embolden us with faith and courage that we might step out and follow where you lead. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Well, it has been quite a week for our nation, most assuredly, the inauguration of a new president and all that has gone on around that. For me, it was an exciting beginning of the week because I was the only non-islander invited to come and join a prayer service at St. Vincent's House in Galveston. And as I stood with religious leaders of every color and persuasion to remember the legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King and pray for the whole world, our country and our county, I was struck by how each person as they offered a prayer around a word or phrase, always added in prayers of repentance. I was given the task of actually offering the prayers of repentance and absolution for the whole gathered group, which I was somewhat nervous about. But in all of these prayers of repentance, it's a basic call for us to lay down the nets, lay down all that entangles us to the past, that we might walk forward into this new day in liberty and in unity, justice, peace, and love. And of course, in hope. And then on Wednesday, I had the privilege to gather with another group of ministers from Galveston County who gathered to worship and pray in unity as we began what is marked as a time, a week of uh, gathering for Christian unity and prayer. And this was an assignment God had given me two years ago, and I'm just now fulfilling it. But he said, get out of the building and go. Go to the borderlands of Texas City and Lamarck. And there, gather my people, gather my ministers to pray. And so there at Carver Park, we joined together. And we set out to gather in unity. And Beth Rogers, known to many of you as Beth Jacobsons, who grew up here, said the only way we can be unified is if we set our eyes on Jesus. It's as we set our eyes on Jesus and worship him, seeking his face, we will come into the unity. It's not going to happen when I'm looking over here instead of at him to see what my neighbor guy is doing 
or comparing or criticizing and all of that nonsense, right? But that when we are all united in looking to Jesus, that is the path. And so we began to repent personally, black and white, some Hispanic ministers, all gathered in one room, huddled in, some really loud, some really quiet. We also had our two police chiefs there from Texas City. And we huddled in groups of six to eight and began to pour our hearts out, not only for our own sins, but for the sins of our forefathers, for those who had gone before us in this land And we did so for a specific purpose, because the the call that God had given me was that this is for you all to do in this time and this season, so that we can begin to usher in the kingdom of heaven. Because do you know that we have the power to change the very atmosphere we stand in because of the Holy Spirit within us? Wow. That is some kind of power we have as church, where two or more are gathered. Who's there? Right? He is there. So then yesterday, we had 20-plus people of the beloved community of St. George's that gathered as we began to celebrate the history with Reverend Bill, who joined us to lead us. And we took stock, and where are we now currently? And then we began to imagine a sustainable missional future where we are actually living into the flow of God's grace, into the fullness, using all of the currencies that he has bestowed upon us to usher in the kingdom of heaven right here, right now. Texas City. I think that to be human is to have looked at the protests and the marches and all the disparaging ways that people are talking to one another and feel a bit hopeless about our current state. I certainly had moments of that along with fear this last week and excitement at the possibilities of the future. But it seems there's so much going on. But I am hopeful, and I am defiantly so, right? Tenaciously so hopeful. I am clinging to hope. Hope that people will rise up and speak. That they will start giving voice to their truth about God and that they will step out in faith and do that thing that God has been nudging them to do. Maybe that they didn't feel confident or capable or even qualified to do. That will lay down those hesitations. Because you see, God calls and then he fills in the rest with his spirit. He doesn't call us for our confidence or our capability or even our qualifications. 
He calls us because he loves us. And he wants to work with and through us in relationship. The poor Pharisees who are always that example in the scriptures are the ones who did not follow. Did not follow because they were so overconfident in the law and in their own ways of doing things. But what I love about the grace of God is that Jesus takes what we know and uses it for his purposes. Even more so, he takes our brokenness, our most ashamed of places, and then brings beauty out of them. Wow. But it requires that we surrender our lives to him. You see, he calls the humble the ordinary, everyday people. And then he empowers them to do more than even he would do. And it's all through the power of the Holy Spirit. So I began wondering, how is it that he empowers regular folks like you and I with the Holy Spirit? I would say that it starts with being connected to the source with being connected to him, hanging out with him, time with God. You want to see change in your life? Spend more time with God. Listen to more of his music. Get in his word. Soak in it. Maybe even commit it to memory to clear out these cobwebs in our mind, to renew our minds. And it also takes repenting daily of the ways that we have not followed his ways that rebelled and followed our own ways it takes being in community to live into the fullness of what he means to do through us and it takes courage great courage to follow Jesus because I would say it requires that we tend to our dreams for did you know that within our dreams are actually God's seeds of his marching orders for each of us and God's vision of the kingdom of heaven on earth? I couldn't help but go back and reread and imagine Dr. King's dream speech. I was one year old when that was first spoken into the world, but I've heard it all my life. And every time I've heard it, I've been stirred to new levels of faith and just downright obstinate, I'm standing with Jesus. I'm standing for the best of who we can be. I'm standing for hope, for a better future for our nation where everyone does have dignity. And part of what was so powerful about that speech is that it opened up for us our imagination. And it opened up a way for the spirit to come in and show us that so much more is possible in and through us than we could hope or imagine. 
We've come a long way and we have a long way yet to go. A long way. And now more than ever, the church needs to step up and stand up and call people to live God's way. We are the light in this day and age, in this city, in this county, in this nation, no matter the age. What is that saying that you know you're dead when you're done dreaming? So as long as we have breath, may we dream and dream boldly. For Texas City, for St. George's, for the kingdom of heaven on earth now. We are the ones here to usher it in in this place. It is on us. I've been praying a lot lately to Jesus, but also to all the saints who came through this place saying, I know you sowed a lot of prayers in for the future of this city and this county, this nation. So get at it with Jesus up there. Please help me pray and pray to me. Just give me what you hear. Help us. Last year, a friend of mine was told by several national church leaders to dream bigger. And she told me of how it scared her really a lot. She wanted to go stick her head under the covers and say, I didn't hear that. I didn't hear that. Because you know what happens when you dream bigger? It means you're going to be stretched. And it means you're going to have to let go of living in that comfort zone where everything's just nice. And it means that you've got to move into that place that Bill and Eric would call the gray stone, where there's this mix of tension and fear. But do you know the opposite of fear is actually excitement, anticipation, and even a bit of expectancy of like, what is he up to now? Huh? Are you with me? Are you awake out there? Yes? I can't hear you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in. Woohoo! <laughs> Beautiful. Well, after fighting the resistance of wrestling down all the reasons why she didn't want to do this thing that God was calling her to, this bigger dreaming, uh, like it's too hard, or I'm not sure, I think I'd probably fail, or ah, who am I to dream big? The reality became clear. And she said, I just didn't want to die to myself. You see, for to go for our dreams means that we have to change. We have to put others ahead of our own agendas and desires. And in, quite frankly, we have to make sacrifices. But the irony is that when we do, we find that God is there to meet us and to uphold us. And we find that there are possibilities and hope where fear had ruled the day. We find the living waters of connection with others that we would not have known otherwise. 
and we find healing for our souls, that we, we find God in our midst in fresh ways. We find ourselves doing things that we did not think were possible or that we were even capable of doing. But you know this phrase, this scripture, but with God, all things are possible. Can you say that with me? But with God, all things are possible. Glory, glory, glory to God. He does not leave us where we are, but means to ever expand and take us further. So as we hear in today's gospel, when we follow Christ and his ways, we see a new light and hope, birthing grace. Grace that he can and will use us, Yes, as mere human broken individuals, he'll use us, us to capture men and women's hearts with his love. What? He will use us. Crazy. For Christ is the one to follow. He is the one who will transform us into his likeness as we follow him. And he is the one who, through the Spirit, will win souls to him. Our part, simple but not easy, is to listen, to watch, and obey. And when he prompts us, call so-and-so. Do X, Y, Z. By golly, do it. Don't wait two years like I did. Do it now. As crazy as it may seem. Do it immediately. And as you do it, know that you too will be being used to usher in the kingdom of heaven on earth. You don't have to know the hows and the whys. He takes care of it. Here's the craziness that God would use me, a female pastor, to call together some of the most conservative pastors in our whole county. And they all came out, and we all sat and prayed together, black and white and Hispanic. These are men that normally would not even respect or acknowledge my being a minister. And that's who God used to call them together. Does he have a sense of humor? Right? So I invite you, dear beloved community of God, to join me in daring to dream once again as we leave our nets and follow him. Amen. Amen.